Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Back after a long hiatus, I'm back this week with Chadzi, mate. Chadzi, how you doing? Mate, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to see you back after yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you back on, mate. It's been a while. Can't remember the last time you were uh, you were on. Was it the hundredth episode? Was it? Pre-Emery, definitely. We were talking about Gerard. Yeah, it was the yeah. end of Gerard's reign. So, a bit happier times now. Yeah, that was a bit bit of a depressing uh, moment, wasn't it, for the hundredth episode? But since then, obviously, it's been um, well, definitely, definitely looking up, aren't we? I, I would say. Yeah, I think so. It feels really promising at the minute. There's been some really good results, excluding the uh, abomination against Stevenage. Obviously, these things can happen in sport, and it was pretty unforgivable the performance they turned out that day, but. I think in the long run, that'll benefit Emery, knowing who he can trust and who he can't trust from that that fringe squad. Probably had a few highest words to say after that, but all in all, I think it's been an absolutely superb start from the manager. I think it's 13 points out of a possible 18, which is um, Europa League form, if not better. And um, some of the stuff we've seen has been really positive. There's been some really good football at times, defensively solid, but also winning when we're not playing that well as well, which... Is the difference I think between the top, you know, top elite manager and mm. essentially what we had before, which was a an ex footballer pretending to be a manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, well, we'll come on to the mid season review and and talk about what's gone, what's gone right, what's gone wrong, where we go from now. Um, look at the transfer window as well. Um, obviously, big big news with looks like Danny Ings might be on the way out. So we'll talk about that. A uh, few in the comments already talking about that so be interesting to hear Chad's thoughts on that um just before we start on there let's quick, quickly take a, a step back and go a few days back uh, to the Leeds game uh, you were there um firstly what was the atmosphere like uh, at the ground obviously after the Stevenage game uh, coming off the back of that and then uh, what you thought on the overall performance of the team and the atmosphere was quite positive to be honest I think night games obviously always generally be a, a bit better of an atmosphere Sometimes the Fridays can be a bit flat, but it, it was a good atmosphere. And obviously the early goal helped massively with that. But then in the second half, when the team needed uh, the fans to get behind them, the, the whole team responded really well. And I think the, the words Emery came out with just in advance of the game around needing the energy of the fans and trying to build that relationship. And, I mean, it's pretty easy, common sense PR from the manager, but football fans, we lap it up. He's only got to say a few things around the connection and how important the fans are. And, you know, we yeah. lap it up. And, and for me, that is really important because that's the game where the fans did help the team get over the line, I believe. Um, yeah. And if it was flat and if it was a bit morbid, I think Leeds would have potentially taken the game to us a bit more and, and maybe um, gone on and got something from that game, which would have dented the momentum massively after what happened the previous week. So, yeah, and I think, I think their performance was good enough. I think there's been a lot of talk this week from... Leeds fans, Jesse Marsh, even the press I saw after around how Leeds should have won, deserved to win, dominated. But th there's no context to that conversation because we scored a goal after two minutes, which changes the whole game, which changes the whole momentum, which changes both teams' game plans. And I think if we don't score a goal after two minutes, Leeds don't have all that possession. They don't create those chances. And we probably take the game to them a bit more than we had to. So goals change games. And I think... At the end of the day, goals are all that matter. Obviously, Jesse Marsh talks about performance and Leeds were OK. They created some chances, got a bit unlucky at times. But like I said, I think 
if we're not one nil up after two minutes, the the whole um, the way that game plays out is very different. Yeah, I've gone into a bit of a habit scoring early, haven't we? Under under Emery as well, which is which has been great to see. Not something we've done too often over the years, and uh, yeah, it's impressive. I wonder as well. Sorry, I was just scared. I wonder whether um, it's a Villa decision to be attacking the whole end in that first half. We seem to have done that quite a lot recently, and I think it's working well. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, the, the commentators made a, a point of that on Sky. Obviously, you at the game, uh, you, so you wouldn't have heard, but they made a point of Emi Martinez switching us, switching ends. Uh, that's been something we've done a few times this season. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because historically, obviously, we've always grown up as attacking yeah. the whole end second half. So, it seems seems to be working. Um, and it's also nice to see us you know, have an average performance but still get a result, something that we don't do very often as well. Um, some standout performances for you on the on the day? Or the evening I think, itself. I think Kamara was outstanding. Um, he, he's just superb. He seems to have it all. I don't think he's had a bad game in a Villa shirt yet. Um, he He's box to box. He's got energy. He reads the game really well. He can pass. He turns on the ball. He plays progressive passes and turns and plays it forward and looks to attack. He's not just your defensive midfielder that gets it and passes it sideways and hopes someone else does something with it. He seems to be the complete midfielder, not obviously to get too carried away after a couple of months. But, you know, I think he's someone we can really build a team around. And uh, his performance on Friday was just outstanding. Yeah, really was. Really, um, really shone and a class above, really. And something we've been missing for a long, long time. I can't actually remember the last time we've had a complete midfielder like that. Uh, even under Martin O'Neill, uh, you know, you could maybe point to James Milner at times, but... I think in terms of attributes, in terms of what he's got, potential as well, because he's you know, still very young, let's not forget. And the fact we've got him on a free is just is staggering, really. And um, the longer we can keep him, the longer he can be a key part of our team, uh, the better, I think. And, you know, now we've got Martinez and him, I would say, are the two sort of standout players in terms of the level that they play at. Um, if we can, if we can get a centre back, maybe Diego Carlos is, is that man when he comes back in. Obviously, I, I wouldn't expect too much of him for the season, but maybe next season. And then a striker, obviously, um, as well, um, is the other one. If we can get that core sorted and get that same sort of world world class level, maybe elite class level, potentially all those players, then then that'd be a great foundation to 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 build on. Um, apart from that, obviously, let's quickly just finish off on the Leeds game. Uh, the first goal, Kamara obviously starts the well, actually, Young's great ball, isn't it? Really good vision to to get Kamara through. Kamara's legs, and then Leon Bailey as well, who's uh, who's split opinion in in, uh, in the fan base, and and I, I admit, I, at times I've absolutely loved him. At times I've been, you know, thinking why why the hell have we signed him? Um, he's one of those players, but very typical for a winger, isn't it? To be blow hot and cold, I suppose. Yeah, in, inconsistent, sometimes brilliant, sometimes very frustrating. Um, I think he has got that end product in him in terms of being able to finish and take his chances and I think he is a confidence player uh, and as he gets fitter gets more games under his belt gets feel, feels like he's trusted by Emery and probably trusted by the fans I think he will be that sort of player that takes his game to the next level maybe as this season progresses or next but there are a few areas to his game that need finesse and he doesn't always pick the right pass he always might maybe sometimes tries to do one too many things when he should be looking for a a supporting runner, but he's definitely a talented lad. I can see why people do get frustrated with him, but he's the sort of player that you've you've got to get behind. You've got to realise that that frustration won't won't help anyone. 
Um, and I think if we really get behind and really back him, he, he can influence this team and, and help take it to the next level. Do you think it's a, it's slight, maybe slightly unfair on him, given the price tag he's come in with, um, given the expectation, given the reputation he's had uh, coming into the team? Yeah, people were expecting maybe too much of him um, to start off with, and obviously the injuries he's had as well. But I mean, if you look at if you look at his the stats this season, in the Premier League, you know, he's got four goals, two assists, which isn't too bad in a team that's really struggled to create and has only really got into the groove in the last sort of four or five games. Yeah, I don't think the injuries helped at all. I think when he scored that goal against Everton last season, if he did, if he didn't come off injured after that. Who knows what he might have gone on to do last season. Um, and injuries do play a massive part in, in sport. It takes a long time to get back to mat, match fitness. And like I said, it, it's a massive... Confidence plays a big part in any sport. But I think when you're a winger and you're relied on for your end product and what you can do at the top end of the pitch and ultimately you're judged on numbers, it is important to get that momentum, be playing regularly and... Um, have the confidence, like I said, of the manager and the fans. So I think, I, I don't feel like we expect too much of him. I just think like we need to give him the patience and time to to deliver that. Um, and I think I think he will. Good. And then obviously he's involved with the first goal, scores the goal. And the second goal, obviously, he's involved heavily as well with the shot. And yeah. Brendier um, follows up and uh, heads it away. We're thinking it was offside, but um, it was clear he was onside. And then... Late goal by Patrick Bamford made it a little bit nervous as it always does with Villa. And at the end, you know, we get the result, and that's the most important thing. And we move on to the to the Southampton game now, which we'll, we'll sort of preview later on in the the episode. But let, let's go. Let's do the uh, sort of mid season review. Then uh, it's nineteen games gone in the season so far. Fair to say, it's been <laughs> it's been ever interesting, ever interesting as it always is being a Villa fan. But um, what what were your hopes and expectations going into the season? Um, under Gerard and and how do you feel about what's happened so far? Yeah, I mean, I think at the start of the season we were saying that the money we spent over the last couple of years um, and the way we dropped off a cliff towards the end of last season, um, a realistic but ambitious um, expectation for the season was to, to try and get into the top half. I think European football was definitely going to be a stretch for Gerard, and obviously the way we started the season it quickly became apparent that that was going to be miles off and we were we were in a relegation battle. And to be fair, the club acted really swiftly on that and got the job done in terms of getting in what is definitely our, our best qualified manager I think the club's ever had in terms of CV and experience. He's a genuinely, genuinely elite manager. Mm-hmm. I think we're now in a position as a club that we have to make this work with Emery if... Emery can't make it work uh, and we can't push on now and finishing the top 10 this year, maybe maybe have a push for top eight, top six, who knows, on a, with a good run. But consolidate this year, finish in the top half, get his squad together, clear out some dead wood, get a few of his players in over the next few transfer windows. We have to next season. We have to qualify for Europe, in my opinion. Purely because if it doesn't happen now with this manager, it, it never will happen under these owners. It, it feels to me much like the Randy Lerner era mm. in that there's only so much patience these these foreign owners will have before they realise what are we in this for. We've, we've, we've spent the money, we've tried X amount of managers, we've tried this elite manager with God knows what on his CV and we still can't make it work. So 
I think the pressure is on Emery next season, but he's definitely the right man for the job. It feels like the fans are backing him. It feels like the fans will give him the time to make it work. So um, it's it's really exciting times. And actually, if we do get on a good run, who knows? We might we, we might be able to do something special this season and get in that top eight. We are only six points off Fulham in six, so we're not a million miles away. Um, but we don't have massive depth in the squad. Um, and it's a tough league. There are no easy games. We're going to preview Southampton, but you know it's not it's not a given that we're going to go there and get three points by any stretch. So, um, but yeah, I'm feeling optimistic. He's the right man for the job. I'm just going to cut you there. I didn't, I didn't actually realise. Um, I saw the Danny Ings rumours. We're going to talk about it, but um, Fabrizio Romano has actually tweeted about 15 minutes ago, and uh, I missed the comments. But West Ham have reached full agreement to sign Danny Ings from Aston Villa. Wow. Uh, full package close to 15 million add-ons included personal terms almost agreed here we go what what are your what are your thoughts on that i think it's good business for villa um he is a good good finisher and he is our top goal scorer this season and it's very frustrating that it, he, it hasn't worked for him at villa i wanted him to be that 25 30 goal a season man and when we signed him last season was it or the season before i, I was very yeah. excited um but just, I, I just don't think he's cut out now for leading the line as a lone striker in the Premier League. Most teams play with one. He will score goals for West Ham. He will keep West Ham up. I think it's good business for them. But obviously, selling a striker means I'm sure Emery's got his own plans. Now, we brought in the Columbian lad earlier in the week, mm. um, who I don't know a huge amount about, if I'm honest. But hopefully, that means there's going to be some money to spend now for, for Emery to go out and get a... a a hitman of his own. Um, so good business all around, in my opinion. It hasn't quite worked for Ings at Villa. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree with that. I think um, when we signed him, it was, I think he was the best striker we could have got, proven striker we could have got at that time in terms of, you know, outside Kane, Salah, um, and, and a couple of others uh, at that top level. He was the next one really in terms of goals um, and, and goal record and, and pedigree. Um, obviously, he was at what, was 28, 29 when we signed him. It was a fair chunk of money, good money for Southampton. But I think always the worry was how were we going to fit him, Watkins in? Did he suit the way we played? Um, and I don't think he's been helped at all by the managers as well. I, th- I don't think Dean Smith, did he actually want him? Was it more of a Perslow signing? Um, did Dean Smith really know what kind of formation or style he wanted to play? Um, and then Gerard, you know, again, he was lost, wasn't he? Um, <clears throat> never really had any chances. Never was, you know, there's not much creation going on behind him as well. It wasn't a great team to be involved in. And, and, and Emery, to be fair to him, you know, he's done he's done well when he's come on. And his goal record, I think, is one goal every 140 odd minutes. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, you can't argue with that. But I think the fact he's on 120,000 pounds a week, the fact that we spent, was it 30 million? Was he 30 million, 25 million? I can't remember now. 25, yeah. Yeah, 25. The fact that we spend that much money on him, and the fact that he's going to be turning 31, you know, six months' time, whatever it is, his contract's probably got 18 months left after that. You know, it's uh, his value goes down and down. And for a player that doesn't really suit the style, probably that Emery wants to play, i.e., you know, someone who who's pacey, who can play in the counter, we can hold the ball up, then I think he's always going to struggle. He's a great player, I think, to bring on as a sub. Um, and impact the game as we saw against Wolves, and and he is the best finisher at the club, no doubt. Um, so I, I can see, I can see the rationale. I can see, you know, again, fifty million for him is pretty good business from a 
FFP perspective, if that still exists, um, you know, I think I think we're pretty much break even on that point then. And then getting the wages off the book is obviously a massive thing. The issue for me is, um, you know, Watkins is apparently, I think he's injured, isn't he? Or he's struggling with an injury. Um, John Duran is 19 years old, unproven. Very, yeah, obviously very highly rated and potentially could be a fantastic player. We just don't know uh, at this point. It's, you know, Camarach has gone out on loan. You'd expect us to be bringing in someone else in. Uh, who that is, I don't know. Um, but if we don't bring anyone in, then I'd be really worried for the rest of the season. We do need to bring someone else in, uh, especially what can struggle with injuries. But I yeah, agree with everything you said there. And I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if we announce a striker tomorrow, a new player tomorrow that no one's ever heard of. And uh, we haven't been linked with and Villa have just gone about their business and got the job done as they have been doing over the last few years. So I, I trust they'll get someone in. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd be surprised if they don't. I think the 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 track record. I don't think our signings have always been great, and I think there is definitely potential changes coming in terms of Lange, uh, McKenzie, etc. How the how the back room works. And Emery's office got a lot more control on signings. But I think when monies need to be spent, and we needed to be, you know, we've needed to bring players in or try and improve the squad. They've definitely attempted to do that every time. So I trust them to make the effort and get someone in. Looks like it could be Delefeo or Dan Juma, uh, one of those two. Could be anyone. You know, John Durand came out. No, we did it. You know, we had no idea. I think there was maybe like a one rumor a couple of weeks ago, but it was just us with amongst a host of clubs that were linked with him, and then suddenly we just signed him. So you never know, Villa. Uh, what what kind of sort of profile of striker would you would you like to get, given the way that you think that Emery wants to play? I think we need Benteke back, you know, someone like that. Someone can really divide, someone that can hold the ball up, someone that's powerful, someone that offers us an aerial threat as well when we do need to play a different way. A um, bit more of a threat on set pieces. I think when you've got Ollie Watkins and then potentially Leon Bailey, Buendia, maybe a Dan Juma and a De La Feo, someone like that, I think. And you've got enough quick, diminutive, skillful players that can create chances. Um, getting behind, stretch defenders. I think you can have someone like Benteke. Um, I'm not saying we're going to sign Benteke. I mean, that sort of profile of player. Mm. Um, and you never know, Duran might be might be that guy. I don't know a huge amount about him. I've watched the YouTube videos like everyone else has, but I'm not going to profess to know, know anything about him. But I, I'd love to see someone like that back because Benteke was no slouch either. He could, he, he could get him behind. He was powerful enough to... Uh, hold off that last man and, and get him behind and beat players, beat keepers from a one-on-one perspective. Um, I don't think someone like Ings or or, or smaller, um, like I say, more diminutive player like that will, will work for us. So, yeah, that that's what I'd be looking at if I was a recruitment <coughs> man at Villa, if I was Johan Lang or whoever's signing the players nowadays. Yeah, I mean, John Durant definitely seems to be that kind of profile of player. He's... Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of, like you, I've, I've probably maybe watched him without even realising I watched him, if that makes sense. Um, I've never, ever really looked into him or known of him, really. Um, but obviously, reading the looking at the YouTube videos, but reading all the scouting reports, it seems like they everyone thinks that he's uh, he's going to be, a, he could be a complete striker in terms of, you know, he's he's really physical, really strong, good in the air, but very good with his feet, can, can hit, you know, can, can score with both feet predominantly left footed I think um, so yeah one for the future definitely whether he can hit the he's still, I think he's come he's come to the UK to finalise the deal but then he's probably going to go back to play for Colombia uh, under 21s so you know when he when is he actually going to play I'm not too sure so you'd expect someone to come in 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think I think but someone like Benteke would be perfect, really. And yeah, my slight concern really like Delefeo, Danjuma, got Bailey Brendier, Watkins, these are all, as you say, diminutive type. You know, all of them are wingers, really. Even Watkins is a winger converted into a striker, uh, wingers or wide players or attacking midfielders. And now, now a striker we don't have in the club yet, really, do we? If things if things goes, so definitely want to look at. Um, and apart from that, the other the other links that we keep seeing are midfielders as well. So we're linked with Gunduzi and now Unier. I, I don't even say his name actually. The Moroccan player is really really impressive. Piers Vangers um, linked heavily with both of them as well. So it looks like we're looking at a midfielder. Maybe Sanson's on his way out. Um, what, what 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 do you make of the the midfield? Make up at the moment in terms of obviously Douglas Louise and Kamara seem to be the, the main two, but then you've got Didonka, McGinn. McGinn's played on the right quite a bit. Yeah. Sanson, you know, whether he's going to stay or not. Do you think, do you think yeah, we need I a midfielder? I, I do. Um, I desperately think we need to upgrade on Louise personally. Somebody to sit with Kamara and, and offer a bit more than Louise does. Um, so for me, central midfield is the one area I still think that. We can massively upgrade. Obviously, McGinn's to come back in as a squad player, as a potential uh, third man to have if we play a three. He, he's played wide for Emery in that sort of right-hand side or, or uh, and at times on the left. I love Jacob Ramsey. He could be a box-to-box midfielder. He can play off the left. He's he's a great squad player. But I think, I think Kamara's come in and shown the difference a quality midfielder can make. And I think having one more in there alongside him would massively improve this team and this squad. Um, and I know it's not the fashionable thing to say, and I know people don't agree with me on Louise, but he's just not good enough for me. Um, and he, he's had his time, he's had his chance at Villa. He's been here three, three and a half years in the Premier League. And I can count on one hand the amount of standout performances he's put in. Um, in my opinion, he doesn't do enough. He doesn't score. He doesn't assist. He shirts out of fifty fifties, um, and he's a very he's a very talented footballer. He plays for Brazil. He's a, he'll probably go on to play for someone decent if if he did ever leave Villa. He's a great passer of the football. He's a very talented lad, very composed, very calm. But for me, he just doesn't do enough. Um, so if we could upgrade him, I think we're on to something something really special in that midfield area alongside Kamara. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we've 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 butted heads on this before, haven't we? Um, and yeah, I, I guess we'll get your points. Um, but I do think Louise in the last sort of five or six games has has gone onto a different level and has has been helped massively. To be fair, by Kamara, I think um, the fact you have Kamara, who's sometimes like two players, you know, does massively help Louise and, and gets that burden off him. And defensively, I think Louise is, it can be poor, um, but I think Kamara allows him to be. A little bit more forward thinking, and obviously scored against Tottenham as yeah. well. Um, and and uh, you know, I think he he's one of these players, isn't he? he? Becomes a bit of a cult hero because of what he's done in terms of scoring from the corner. Yeah. Um, just you know, being Brazilian, Brazilian, and, and all that. So I, I do think there's room for improvement, but he's still very young, and I think he's I think he's been. I, I've said it previously on other podcasts. I think he's been one of our better players this season, and I, I stand by that. Uh, whether he's good enough to get us onto the next level, I don't know. Not too sure, but I, I like yeah. the reason. I think he should. He'll be a key part of the team for now. Um, but I do think that midfield def- definitely does need to be improved. Um, and it seems to be we're looking for a, a bit like a Sanson player with a bit, bit more physicality, someone who's who can dribble the ball, who's box to box, and can do well in both boxes, and can play alongside Kamara and Louise maybe. 
um, a proper proper eight, um, I suppose. Um, we need a proper eight. Does, does it at both ends of the pitch? Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't say someone's you can't say someone's poor defensively. Um, <coughs> yeah. And carry them in in a team unless they're contributing at the other end, which he doesn't do either. And I know he, I know he has played well this season at times. I know he was brilliant at Tottenham. I know he has had a few standout performances, but you know everyone talks about them as if they're big wow moments. That's what I expect. That's what I want my midfielders to be doing every single week. You know mm. that that performance at Tottenham was an, a complete anomaly for me. Getting forward, and I know it's up to the management of what they ask him to do: contributing goals, dynamic, turning on the ball, playing forward, progressive passes. He's got it within him clearly because he has done it at times. But it's just for me, just so frustrating. But it's yeah. a game of yeah. opinions, and I know not many people agree with that. So clearly, I'm in the minority, minority which well, is fine. Well, this is, this is, this is why we do podcasts, point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but at some point, we've got to realise that you can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Like this team has been stagnant now. We've got if we want to kick on, we need better players. We need to upgrade yeah. that midfield significantly, or else we will just keep finishing between tenth and fifteenth. Yeah, no, bang on. No, I completely agree with that, and. Uh... I think I think the midfield is key. You know, when we've played well, whenever we play well, whenever we have put in a good performance, the, the midfield is because the midfield has played well. And uh, the game's won, isn't it? Yeah, and you need that to be a consistent part of your team, um, which which still isn't. Uh, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Morgan Sanson, a big disappointment, really, isn't it? We spent fifteen million on him. He was meant to be the number eight. They're meant to be the box to box, and he and. You know, I think he's he's shown flashes. Um, you know, he's he's still a lot of fans still really like him and and think he's there's a player there. But three managers have come and go now and not, you know, not picked him. Villa um, fans, Villa fans have got this strange, strange obsession with loving players that can't get in the team. Yeah, you know, like Fred Gilbert, Fred Gilbert. I mean, that's for some reason just a complete fan favourite, despite being terrible for us and not not being able to convince three or four managers that he was any good. Yeah, totally bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a bizarre trait. It's uh, every player becomes amazing when they're not in the team. Um, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know if it's a Villa thing or it's a football thing, but probably football thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sanson is a shame. I think I, I do think there's a player there. He's obviously shown it in the Champions League. He's shown it for Marseille, um, and he's shown he's shown flashes, like I say, for us. But you know, the fact that three managers have seen him in training have not been happy with him. Does it point to an attitude thing? Does it point to not putting enough effort in training or does it point to another, you know, it could be a bigger thing. It could be the the board or whoever saying, look, we've spent 15 million of him. We need to get him out, but it's not worked. Whatever. Don't play him or, or try and get a move for him or whatever it is. So it is what it is. Um, but he's, I mean, still sort of involved in the squad, isn't he? He's come on a few times, but it's a lot of strong rumors that he's, he's going to be on his way out as well. And, and I think that'll be a lot this window. Don't you think in terms of, potential transfers I can't see too much more happening apart from that obviously Moreno's come in as, as left back uh, yeah, which was, a, which was he, a bit of a surprise bit of a surprise but obviously if he wants two in that position and Augustinson's going to be moved on then that that's fine um, yeah I think if we get a midfielder and a striker it's been been a good window and obviously he's looking at one of those those wide players Dunjimo and De La Feo um, but yeah this news on Danny Ings is it, really interesting so I would expect now, and I'm quite quite interested to see what we do up front. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the, the key one, isn't it? Especially for the rest of the season. You know, I think that if we, depending on who we get, it's going to make a big impact on our on the rest of our season, whether we can push onto the top ten or even top eight, as we've talked about. Yeah, um, 
you know, it's it's so so close, isn't it? Um, at the moment, Crystal Palace obviously drawing with Man United yesterday. I think they were on 18 points. We were on 22 on, on level points with Chelsea. Fulham, Brentford, Brighton, all doing really well. Um, Fulham, a big surprise, I would say. But the second half of the season is 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 key now because you'll see uh, quite often you'll see sort of newly promoted teams have a really good run uh, and do well first half of the season and sort of fall away second half of the season when the matches come thick and fast and injuries and squad depth gets put to the test. But, you know, I think we've got a good opportunity, don't you, don't you think, now compared to where we thought we were going to be to actually push on to the top 10 now under Emery. The only concern, I suppose, is the fact that we've won, what, four, five out of six, five out of seven games, drawn one, lost one, and we're still not in the top 10. You know, that's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a run to go on and not be in the, in the top 10. No, I think I it shows... I think yeah, it shows how bad we were, but and it shows that the form Emery's got us in in terms of points per game. If he can carry on, carry that on and match that uh, some sort of consistency, then we, we we will make it. Whether that is sustainable or not, I don't know. For me, the next two games are just ma- absolutely massive. If we can start the second half of the season winning away at Southampton and beating at Leicester, uh, beating Leicester at Villa Park, that would really shift the momentum, I think, because. There's been so many times over the last year or two, we're talking about it on the way back from the Leeds game, where we've had the sort of run of winnable fixtures. We've had three games on the trot where we could and maybe should win them. And we've looked at them. I think it was Leeds last season when we threw away the two-goal lead and we had a couple of winnable games after that. And you look at the fixtures thinking, right, can we get seven or nine points out of these three games? Or maybe nine. If we can get nine, we're really kicking on. And we never, ever crack on and actually win those winnable games consistently or in mm. a run. So starting off that run of games last last week with, with a win at Leeds, can we now go to Southampton and really back it up with a good away win and then back it up again at Villa Park? For me, if you can win three games on the trot, on, on the turn uh, of the halfway point of the season, that would really shift the momentum and confidence, I think, that we can crack on. But if we draw this weekend or lose this weekend and draw against Leicester, again, it's just a massive momentum swing and you're not back to square one, but it's just indicative of how tough the league is and where we're at <coughs> yeah. as a squad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's 25 points we're on Chelsea in 28. Sorry, I read the read the table wrong. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I think um, it, we said before the Leeds game. You know, these these are the kind of games that we always we always think. You know, we need to win. This is such a turning point in the season, and we always end up losing. The fact we won, yeah, like you say, is, is massive. And Southampton coming off of the back of a of a good result as well. We'll move on to Southampton game in a second, but just before we do that, let's finish the mid-season review. So, just quickly, quick fire, quick fire round. Who, which player have you been most impressed with so far in the halfway point? Um, probably Toro Mings, to be honest. Um, I think he's been pretty consistent. He's gone under the radar. He's still underrated by a lot of people. Um, but I think, especially since Emery's come in, he's been brilliant. Um, and to be honest, when I was looking at looking at it before the podcast started. It's um, there's not a huge amount of people that are standing out in terms of have been consistent for a long period of time this season. So I'd go with Mings uh, personally. Cons has also much improved again this season. Seems to have found his mojo, um, and I think he's the only player that started every game as well. So it's nice to see him have a good run of run of um, good health. Yeah, uh, the only other addition I would have is Ashley Young as well. Um, I yeah. think he's probably been. Him and Mings have probably been two players that I've been most impressed with, been most consistent uh, for me. Um, yeah. I think Cons has had some great games as well. Um, 
Um, and I think he, um, it's good to see him because I was really worried about Konza after last season, really worried about him. And I think this, he's such, got so much talent there. Um, and I think he's just going to flourish under Emery. Um, I think time and time again to Smith, you know, he was sort of relying on, and then Gerard is relying on Mings to be the out ball and to be the player, you know, playing yeah. forward. And I think that part of his game, I think it's probably why he didn't get into the England squad. But I think with an Emery, he can develop that. He can become better going forward with the ball, passing with the ball. Then I, I think that's going to add to him. We know he's, you know, he's a, he's a great defender, great one-on-one, hardly ever gets dribbled past. He's quick um, and he reads the game well. So, yeah, and he's still young mm-hmm. as well. And um, obviously Kamara is, is is showing his his ability as well now recently. But again, injuries, consistency, still probably not. Uh, and then apart from that, you're right. There's no one else, is there? I can't think of anyone else really at this present time. I think Martinez has been a lot better recently as well. I think he had a if he started to the season, but exactly. I, I think he's been better. And uh, yeah, um, in terms of disappointment, then who who have you been most disappointed with that you expected a lot more from this season? Apart from Douglas I mean, I, Yeah, I won't say him because people think it's an agenda. Um, I think Ollie Watkins, um, just in terms of his goal return, has been disappointing. I really like Ollie Watkins. I think there's a place for him at Aston Villa. I love his work rate. I love his attitude. And I do think the potential is there. Um, but it's just been disappointing that he hasn't quite managed to turn some of those performances and and his effort into a decent goal conversion. I think he's got is it three goals this season. It's it's just not enough. Um, simple as that. So that's why I'd, I'd have him in there as the biggest disappointment. If he can turn that into six or seven and he ends up getting 15 for the season, then great. But um, hopefully things will turn for him under Emery. And I think if he gets a brace in a game or he goes on a bit of a run, again, confidence plays a big part in in strikers and in, in finishing chances, but I continue to back him and I do like him, but we need more. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. I think his all-round all game's been better um, in terms of assists, but yeah, I think finishing has been poor. I don't think he's been helped with Gerard's management style and the lack of chances being created. If you look at you know if you look at the stats, you know we're nowhere near the top sort of 10, 20 players um, in terms of creating chances. Um, so I think that's a big factor, but also I think he, you know his finishing has been poor, and I'd expected more from him, and him to push on. <coughs> um, and after defending him quite a bit on on air, with you know I think Sam's been critical of him, and I think it's been fair to say that it's, it's probably warranted now given his performances. But the other big disappointment for me is Buendia. Um, I, I, I've been a big advocate of him starting, and I really like him as a player. I think he's massively talented, and I think he's shown plenty of times his ability. But I just expect a little bit more from him. Um, in terms of impacting the game. He has these moments, I think. He's one of these players, I've said before, I, I want him in the team week in, week out, just because he's, you know, he might do 10 things, in a, he might do sort of five things in a game. Three of them, will, he'll he'll lose the ball or misplace a pass, but two of them, he'll create a chance. Uh, and that's why he's so important. But I think he's got the ability to be more consistent than that. I think he's the ability to impact the game a lot more. Um, he works hard. He's a bit like James Milner in that respect. That I remember when Milner came back to us and Demar and and playing as a winger, he'd have quite often he'd have bad games where he, he'd struggle, uh, but he always worked hard. He never gave up and he always impacted the game. And I think that's Buendia, you know, even against uh, Leeds, I didn't think he had his best game, but he worked hard, won the ball back, fought. And I think I mean, that's a big attribute to have in a, in a team. But I think going forward, the talent he's got, he needs to be, you know, he needs to be at the top, you know, playing a lot more assists, creating a lot more chances. 
uh, and just being one of the be- best players outside the top six. I think he's got that ability, and that's what I expect. From I think him. that's fair. I think that's fair summary, to be honest. Uh, the shouts in the comments, McGinn and Luca Dean, I think that's fair again. Uh, Luca Dean, especially, I think, you know, highest paid player in the club, apparently. Um, so, yeah, you'd expect more from him. Although he's had good moments. Again, Moreno coming in probably isn't a good sign. Um, but yeah, okay, that, that, uh, that, I've got one more, one more question. And we're going to Sam's game. What's been your standout game of the season so far? Which game have you enjoyed the most, would you say? Um, probably the Spurs win, um, just because we've taken the lead at Spurs a few times over the last few years and taken the lead away at so called top six teams and not been able to close it out, not been able to get the three points, but. That was like a thoroughly professional performance. We closed the game out really well. Mm. Um, we got that all-important second goal. We were defensively solid. Um, and it, we just looked like a team that knew how to win that day, which is a massive shift in such a short space of time from a team that was repeatedly losing just a few months ago. Brighton, quite similar, the way we shit housed towards the end of that and just made sure we got the three points, come rain or shine. So we've had a, a couple of really good away wins on, under Emery already, but you've probably got to say Spurs. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. I think United, Man United, obviously at home, finally beating them at home after a long period of time yeah. is, is another one, um, as, as a few of the comments have said. Um, but I think both performances, for me, the two are standout ones. Spurs, I think I agree. I completely agree. Very rarely do we put in a complete performance away from home against a top side like that um, and be so in control of that game as well. And could easily scored more. Um, and the, just the midfield was amazing that game as well, which we talked about. Uh, but the Man United game for me has got to be the standout. Um, finally, I had forgotten about that, yeah. I had forgotten um, about that. So, well, my fault, I just put you on the spot there. I didn't tell you I was gonna ask you that. But, um, Emery's, um, Emery's first game as well, wasn't it? And uh, we're all thinking, what a first game, you know. And the fact and it has been that. just so many years of hurt and last minute <laughs> goals against them and penalties that were never penalties. And I've probably been at every single one of those Man United games, so. Yeah, that was that was nice to finally break that that curse. Yeah, well, let's let's look forward now. It looks like we're in a good place. Um, big game coming up now on Saturday, three pm kickoff. Rare three pm kickoff. We don't seem to have too many of them, but um, Southampton away. Um, coming off the back of a good result, Southampton obviously um, recently. Yeah. One of these weird teams that can look absolutely awful for five or six games and look like they're. You know, they shouldn't even be in the Premier League. Never, they would never be in the Championship in mind the Premier League. And then go on a three, four game running run. Um, what would you what'd you make of them? Well, we're definitely playing them at the wrong time, aren't we? They've just won three on the trot, including two cup wins against Palace and City. And then obviously a really good win away last week at Everton. Um, I don't think they're that they're that great side. I think defensively they can be they can be got at. Saletasar and Salisu at the back for me aren't aren't Premier League level. So I think if we impose our game and take the game to them, there's going to be opportunities there. I think their midfield is their strongest strongest part of their team. Diallo, Ward Prowse and the, the new lad in the middle, I think is it Lavia? Yeah. Um he's only played only played a few times, but I watched them against City and I saw the highlights last week and he looks like one hell of a player. So um I think that that'll be where the game's won and lost it in the midfield. I mean, the obvious thing to say is don't give free kicks away anywhere near the, the edge of the box. But genuinely, it just continues to baffle me how teams 
aren't putting a man on the post when Ward Prowse is taking these free kicks. So if we do concede a free kick, I will be absolutely raging and it's a sackable offence for me mm-hmm. if we don't have someone on the post. Because for him it's just it's like a penalty. He's just convert his conversion rate is outstanding. And yeah. I don't care that you're gonna play everyone on side. He's gonna score a goal if you don't. So just get someone on the post. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, that would frustrate me if that happens, but big game. Did you see? Did you see his goal against Everton, where it, sort of the defender went sort of half and half? He sort of went to go to the post, but yeah. didn't go to the post, and then yeah. he put Pick, put Pickford off. Um, and it's like, well. surely you've been, surely your job is a full-time player is to plan for that Saturday afternoon, that moment. Yeah. Why don't <laughs> Why don't you know what you're doing? Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you saw. I don't know if you saw, but uh, when they conceded the free kick, Pickford just went crazy. He was like, "Why? Why have you done that? Why have you given a free kick away there?" But yeah, that's uh, going to be a big kick, uh, a key key uh, part of the game. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. It's a weird one, Samson. I, I really don't know which way it's going to go. We've had we've had good we've had good results without playing well uh, against them at Southampton, and we've also had some shockers as well. They're going to be tough. If we can come away come come away with three points, it will be a massive win, massive. Yeah, I thought I'm uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to. People are going to kill me for saying this, but I really hope Che Adam start Che Adam starts because I think he's awful. Uh, the the amount of chances he misses. And now I've said that he's obviously going to score against us, but uh, sorry about that. But yeah, he, I think he he's been I think he's been a big factor in why they've struggled because he's they have great chances and he's uh, he's you know he's put really easy chances not away. You know he's missed them. Um, I think they really struggle at both ends of the pitch, as you said. Um, in terms of the Villa team changes, you know, I, we haven't, I don't think we had the press conference yet, so we're not really sure, but it looks like Watkins, Luca Dean might be struggling. Um, Jacob Ramsey is obviously back now in contention as well, coming off the bench uh, against Leeds. Danny Ings on the way out. We do play, we do play up front. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see if Watkins is injured. Who's going to, what's he going to do up top? Obviously, Bailey can play up there, but I think he would have to change the way we play if Bailey's going to be the, the central striker um, does it mean there's room for Coutinho to come in um, and support Bailey? But yeah, I want I'd like to see Ramsey start. I think he makes a big difference to us, especially away from home. He just gets us up the pitch. Um, he carries the ball really well. Um, so whether he's coming off the left or in the middle, um, I'd love to see Ramsey get a, a run of games now, and it'll be interesting to see. I think is Dinia definitely out. Um, uh, so looked look, pretty bad, obviously. yeah. Yeah, I think he, I don't think, from what I read, I don't think he needs surgery in his shoulder, but he may need a bit of a rest. Um, yeah, for it to recover, but yeah, I think he'll be out. Uh, obviously, got Ashley Young, Matty Cash Interesting as well, Ashley Young, yeah, Matty Cash is 50 50, I think, as well. So okay. maybe, maybe Marina will play. Um, and then apart from that, we talked about Ramsey coming in, the striker, it's up in the air. I guess we'll see. Let's so say, what's your, what's your prediction then for the game? Um, I'm going to back us to to go there and win um, two nil. Two nil, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a bit more cautious actually for once, and I'm saying one one draw, just because I don't know who we're going to play up front. Uh, oh, looks like Danny Ings is gone. Yeah, breaking news: Danny Ings is gone for fifteen million pounds. Sky Sports. There you go. Been and gone. I'm- it feels like yesterday I was at a wedding and we found out that he'd signed and we, me and Jake were dancing around the dance floor singing Daddy Ings songs and now he's just gone <laughs> and hasn't, hasn't done a huge amount. Yeah. Bizarre. Oh, weird, weird. I remember that. The day we signed him, it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? Um, 
Wow. Yeah, he's gone. There we go. Incoming, I suppose. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Could be could be an interesting day. Could be doing another pod tomorrow with a new signing, hopefully. But yeah, we'll leave we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks, Chadzi. Great to have you back on. Uh, you're going to be coming on a bit more thanks. regularly now, do you think? If you'll have me and if you organise it at a convenient time. Yeah, all right, mate. I will do. I will do. Um, it was good to have you back on. Good to be back on after a bit of a, a bit of a break. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, post Southampton game. We'll be back next week with the normal format. Um, so look out for that. I'll put this on audio as well. But please do subscribe, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, it's relatively still a new venture for us. Uh, we've all historically been quite uh, audio only. But yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, let's hope for a, a three points this weekend. And uh, up to Villa. Villa. I love it. I love it.